In last week's gospel, Jesus proclaimed the inauguration of his kingdom, together with the call to do what must be a central focus of our Christian lives, namely repentance and belief in the gospel. He said, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Therefore, if we are disciples who follow the one who spoke thus, our lives need to be marked by repentance, frequently and constantly. Because the truth is that wherever we sin, however small or large our sins may be, we demonstrate that we do not yet live fully for God's kingdom. We're sort of still dipping our toes uh, into the waters and of the, the prince of this world. We're still sort of kind of flirting with allegiance to the prince of this world. And therefore, we must repent and make the spirit and teaching of the gospel the driving force of our lives so that we do not become captive, so that we do not become slaves to sin and to Satan. One important aspect of Sunday worship is that this weekly gathering to worship God is to be an everlasting sign of the kingdom, already here present among us, a sign of God's covenant love and a sign of a new creation by which God delivers his people from evil. And so we as disciples should desire to be part of that new creation, knowing our need Sunday after Sunday to be renewed in the new creation because of the struggles and the burdens that come with our daily living that we know well. This week, the gospel is almost exclusively about Jesus' power to deliver the world from evil. In the synagogue, Jesus encounters a man with an unclean spirit, which is biblical language for possession by a demon. It seems quite obvious then that the gospel presents us with the topic of things beyond the ordinary. The gospel clearly communicates the reality and the presence of evil. The Lord comes to proclaim his kingdom. Today's gospel shows us his authority and his dominion or power over all things, including the forces of evil and Satan himself. Now, this is a topic that gets easily sensationalized when the devil's activity in the world is shown only at its most dramatic, in other words, in cases of physical possession. And every once in a while, the movies come out that portray very disturbing stories. While bodily possession does happen, it is an extreme case of the devil's activity, and thankfully, it tends to be rare. The devil also works in less dramatic, but still extraordinary ways. He can harass a person or physically attack him while not taking full possession. He can oppress a person, leaving him feeling overwhelming negative and evil thoughts or giving him a sense that something dark is weighing upon him or causing illness. He can also localize his activity in a place rather than a person, such that evil infests places or things. And far more common is the devil's ordinary activity. We should remember that he is opposed to God and to God's ways. 
and therefore he is opposed to those who want to follow God, and so he ordinarily can act by presenting us with temptations to choose disobedience and unholy living. Now, to be clear, not every temptation should be assumed to be the direct work of the devil, but he can present us with temptations in order to lead us astray as part of his ordinary methodology. We should recall that reality is not limited to those things we can see. There is the natural world, yes, but there is also the supernatural world that is quite beyond the ordinary and defies our complete ability to understand. In fact, in the Creed, we clearly state our belief that God is the creator of all things visible and invisible. Just because something is invisible does not make it any less real than what is visible. Now, we often are disturbed and frightened by experiences and signs that are beyond the ordinary, beyond the natural. Whether they are good or they are bad, the supernatural and extraordinary often leave us afraid and bothered. We feel perhaps small and powerless in the face of things we can't explain. And such things bothered the Hebrew people too. Moses was a great prophet who was privileged to have powerful encounters with the Lord God that were well beyond the ordinary. The first reading tells us how much these things frightened the Hebrews, such that they begged that they did not see or experience these things anymore. In fact, Moses references this in today's first reading. He says, This is exactly what you requested of the Lord when you said, Let us not again hear the voice of the Lord our God, nor see this great fire any more, lest we die. Moses tells the Hebrews, and we today also hear, that God promised to send someone after Moses who would be from among their relatives, who would carry God's own words with him. God said that to have life, we must listen to the commands of this promised prophet. And furthermore, to those who will not listen to this promised prophet, God says, I myself will make him answer for it. An important lesson of today's scripture passages taken together is that Jesus is that greater than Moses prophet. He is the one raised from among the family of the Hebrews and who shares our flesh, thus becoming one of our own kinsmen. He is the one who has authority over heaven and earth. He comes to rebuke the demons and the forces of evil wherever they exist in the world and in our lives. While this supernatural battle with evil may cause us fear, We should recall that we are called to have faith in the power of God and in the victory Christ has already won over Satan. We are called to resist sin, evil, and Satan, and not to submit to unholy living. Jesus is this promised prophet, is an important lesson today, and he is more, for he is God and Savior. He has come to call us to his kingdom of goodness, light, and lasting life. 
And the wisdom of Moses tells us today that we should listen to him. If we give ourselves to his teaching and authority in every aspect of our lives, then we will have life. We will be free of oppressive anxieties. We can be free from evil. And as St. Paul writes in the second reading, we will adhere to the Lord without distraction. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts.